there is another primary going on. That primary is not the Democratic Party primary, excuse me. That primary is not the Republican Party primary. That primary is the Independent Party of Oregon primary. And they're doing it differently. Not only are they doing it online, but they're using it a different voting system. To talk about it, we got Sarah Walt, Director of Campaigns with Star Voting for Eugene and Lane County. She's also the Executive Director of the Equal Vote Coalition. We got Rob Harris, the co-chair of the Independent Party of Oregon. Sarah, good morning. Good morning. Rob, good morning to you. Good morning. All right, let's start with what the heck Star Voting is. I We have talked about it before on the air, but we should give people the briefest of refreshers. Sarah Wolk. Yeah, Star Voting is basically just a more expressive voting method. It allows people to show their preference order and their level of support for multiple candidates as opposed to our current choose-one-only voting system. So in short, with star voting, you can score your candidates from zero up to five stars for full support. Votes are counted in a two-round process. So the two highest scoring candidates overall are finalists, and your vote goes to the finalist you preferred. So with star voting, you only have to vote once, but if your favorite can't win, your vote automatically goes to the finalist you preferred. With that as the backdrop, now let's bring on you, Rob. So, Rob, you are the co-chair of the Independent Party of Oregon, and y'all are doing the primary, your primary differently this year. You're not a major party in this state, so you've always generally had to do it, often have to do it in a bit different way. But first, give that background about how you have to run a primary right now. Well, right now we're a minor party, so all minor parties have to operate their own primary. If they do a primary, they can do a nominating caucus, but they do their own nomination process according to the rules of their party. Uh, if you're a major party, obviously you're, you're on the ballot that the state provides uh, during the primary season. Historically, the uh, independent party as a minor party back in 2008, 2010, 12, and 14 ran its own primaries. We, unlike most other minor parties, we do reach out to our members and ask them to actually participate in some sort of a vote. In 2012 and 14, we actually also did online primary voting, um, and uh, they turned out pretty good. We did we operated them and administered themselves. In 2016 and 18, we were a major party, so we were on the primary ballot uh, along with the Democratic and Republican parties. And now in 2020, we've been uh, we're again a minor party, largely because of growth of the overall voter registration and motor voter, which reduced our pro rata share to less than five percent. So we're back online doing our online primary again this year. You're doing it this year a little bit different, though. Online, yes, but using the star voting system, yeah. Right, and that is different. Before we did the same plurality first past the post pick one vote. This time we are using star voting. We look at ranked choice voting. We look at star voting. We chose star voting. Uh, they've made a great presentation. They've done a great job on the technology, putting this together, integrating an online system that everyone can participate in. And I think it's been going very smoothly, and we're very happy. And this is the first time that star voting has been used in an actual, real, genuine election. Is that the case, Sarah? It depends how you slice it. So star voting has been around for five years. It's really an upgrade to the ranked choice voting type systems that have been being used for over 150 years. But here in Oregon, um, last year, the Democratic Party of Oregon um, really made some history by adopting it for the statewide presidential delegate election elections. 
which are happening um, this month, or they're at least were originally scheduled to have happened this month. And then following that, we saw Multnomah County Democratic Party adopt their voting for internal elections. They actually elected a couple state central committee delegates using it last week. And we're seeing other groups using it in the private sector as well. But this is by far, um, you know, statewide governmental primary election. It's a big deal for us. And Rob, why did you pick Star Voting? You said they make a good presentation, but beyond the presentation, or what was in the presentation? Yeah, well, a little. I'm not an expert on voting science, and there is a real science to this. And I, I'm an amateur on it, uh, but I've been reading a lot about it over the last several years because I think it really is a path towards real, real, true re- political reform for our state. Um, we talked to ranked choice voting people, the national people, Rob Ritchie, and the people uh, at Fair Vote. Um, star voting is a is a, like Sarah says, almost a step beyond another iteration or evolution of that, uh, and has some real advantages over over ranked choice voting. It's very simple. I mean, we all do it. We all use stars when we rate things on Amazon or Google, whatever it happens to be. It's something that very people are very used to and accommodating to. And uh, yeah, we just liked it. Uh, plus, they were here in Oregon, which is a great thing. I think that uh, why not support each other in Oregon with innovation? Uh, and it just was a really good fit for us. Sarah, make the case, and then, and I've got a couple of cases. I, I got a couple of questions, Rob, about what this might mean. Right? What's actually at stake in this primary? Why it matters? Independent Party of Oregon, you know, as unlikely in the past to have elected a statewide candidate, for instance. But it might have a real impact on the election this year. I want to get to that. But just before that, Sarah, why were you pushing for? Why are you so passionate about the star voting thing? Like, What are its key benefits? Yeah, for me as a voter, it always comes down to the ability to vote your conscience. And we see that all over our political discourse where people say, you know, this is the best candidate. I love them, but they can't win or they're not major party or I don't want to throw my vote away. I guess I should vote lesser evil. And star voting eliminates that. So it really is safe to vote your conscience. If your favorite can't win, your vote still makes a difference. And the reason it does that is because star voting eliminates what's called vote splitting or the spoiler effect. And what that is, is like if you have multiple candidates on your side, which we often do, we do in the Secretary of State race right now, what you often see is the majority can end up divided between a couple of different candidates and lose the election, even though they have more support. So with star voting, there's no vote splitting. There's no spoilers. It works great with any number of candidates in the race. And that's a really common scenario these days where we have races um, with, you know, 20 candidates or 15 candidates or, but our current system is really vulnerable to spoilers even if there's more than two candidates in the race so really it just doesn't get the job done we can do better we talked after the 2018 election y'all tried to get it passed in i think it was lane county not city eugene right you got and you and you and you came real close and you're still going to be pushing this maybe you're pushing it right now in some municipal areas what's the current state of trying to advance star voting in oregon then i want to get back to you rob yeah um Coronavirus really has everything up in the air for us in terms of signature collection. We collected enough signatures to get on the ballot for the city of Eugene, 
to adopt fair voting for mayor, city council races. But there were some technicalities that rejected some voters. We proved that those voters were actually valid. Um, and there's an appeals process with city council um, having a work session and also a legal appeal. Both of those are stalled currently um, due to COVID-19. For Lane County, we've been collecting signatures. We're about two thirds of the way to our goal. And then we had to just promptly stop doing our canvassing. And we've been reaching out to Secretary of State, reaching out to Lane County elections. We haven't gotten an email back in months. They're just not telling us anything. So for statewide initiatives, at least you can do um, what's called like an e-petition thing where people print a sheet online, sign it and mail it back in. But for local initiatives, we really don't have any options. Rob, when and, and I do, we will, Sarah, want to talk about this also after the election, see how all this turns out and continue covering the story of the arc of change in election systems. The big story this year is going to be a big story, maybe a bigger story next year. You also got campaign finance reform that's going to be on the ballot in November. You'll have a significant discussion in the legislative session about that. So we'll be talking about changes to our systems of democracy in Oregon now. We're going to be talking about that for a while. It's critical, really important. I think pretty interesting, maybe only nerdy stuff. But Rob, I want to talk about what you're up against and what you think is facing the state. Why is the Independent Party of Oregon primary matter this year? Well, if you go back to most recent elections, the, the three elections that are on our ballot uh, right now are presidential prime, uh, preference poll. Obviously, we don't have electors. We don't have a national convention. It's really to show uh, how star voting can work and the and the relative strength of the candidates on the pref on the presidential side, sort of a fun exercise, I guess, but informative. The other two elections are are I think very important. That's the treasury race and uh, the race for secretary of state. Um, in the Tobias Reed's last treasury race, uh, race for treasurer, he won by not that many votes. I mean, he won. Uh, over the same candidate, Jeff Goodman, and in that race also um, was Chris Telford, the Independent Party candidate, who got 9% of the vote, which was greater than the, the difference between uh, Mr. Reed and, and Mr. Goodman. So this time we have three people on that ballot, Chris Henry, who's an Independent Party member, and then Mr. Reed and Mr. Goodman. Um, whoever wins that uh, gets to put their name on the November ballot as the Independent Party candidate. Um, and if it could swing three, four, five, seven, eight percent of the vote one way or the other. Uh, and people might want their state treasurer to be relatively independent, by the way. Um, that could make the difference this time. So it's real important. Uh, both Mr. Goodman and Mr. Reed and Mr. Henry are, are out there actually campaigning and sending messages to our members trying to get them to vote. In the Secretary of State's race, you have a similar situation. Um, the last winner of an election was a Republican, Dennis Richardson. Uh, Dennis Richardson won by a relatively hand, small margin. Um, he, uh, you know, again, uh, the people have shown that they're not necessarily going to always vote for a Democrat in that particular race, if history is a guide. This year, um, there's going to be one Republican, Kim Thatcher, the presumptive Republican nominee on our ballot, along with the three Democrats, uh, main Democrats, and also um, two other candidates, Rich Vile, who's a deputy sec former Deputy Secretary of State, a former Republican, now non-affiliated voter, uh, as well as Ken Smith, who's a real qualified, frankly, independent party member who's also uh, 
uh, I think an accounting professor down at Willamette University. So again, if this is a close race and if Mr. Vile or Mr. Smith get the nomination and they're on the ballot, that could make a difference and shake it up a little because we have plurality voting in November uh, versus if Ms. Thatcher gets the nomination or or one of the Democrats wins the nomination. Um, so it, it could have a major impact at any rate that's expected to be within three, four, five, six points. The independent party label could make a difference in November. Because they actually appear on the ballot under the independent party banner, right? This isn't just end up being a sort of an organizational endorsement. It appears on the ballot. Everybody gets mailed in the state. Exactly. And so if it's Ms. Thatcher, she can put underneath her picture and on the ballot line, on the ballot that you get, it'll say Kim Thatcher, Republican, comma, independent, if she chooses to put it that way. I've been encouraging people to put independent, comma, Republican, so it looks like you're an independent Republican. But um, that's up to them. They can do it however they want, but they will definitely put it on there because it does definitely make a difference. How big of a difference? It, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a pollster, but it definitely makes a difference in a close race. The candidates vigorously campaigned for our nomination. In 2016, I want to talk about the treasurer's race, then get back to the Secretary of State's race. In 2016, Tobias Reed did win by just over two points against Jeff Goodman. And Chris Telfer, although running, at, got almost 10 points, Chris Telfer running as an independent party of Oregon candidate, running with their nomination, had been a former state senator as a Republican. So actually, although this state we think of leaning blue, in that election, you had over 50% in the treasurer election voting for either the Republican nominee or a former state senator who was a Republican. This year, and maybe you don't want to play too much prognostication game, it's a little bit different because now Chris Henry is running, uh, and there isn't. Uh, Chris Telfer is not running, to my knowledge. Uh, you could give us a little updates on whatever I'm wrong about. And Chris Henry was the nominee for the Pacific Green Party last time. Do I have that right? That's correct. So this year, how do you imagine maybe it playing out? What are some scenarios people should be ready for in that treasurer's race? Uh, I, I think it will be interesting to see if people are voting for um, the, an independent candidate because they're a member of the party or, or whether or not uh, they're going to be um, voting for the Republican or Democrat because maybe they lean left, they consider themselves leaners left or right. So part of this may also be which voters are going to be voting or participating. Because remember, it's not just independent party members that are eligible to vote, it's also non affiliated voters. So that could be a different population that we're looking at. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, I think that's what's going to be interesting. If we look and we see how many party members voted and what were the outcomes of these elections, I think that may also give us some very interesting data. And I want to come back to Secretary of State's race, but I also want to bring you back in, Sarah. Right now there is a new story that Democratic Party of Oregon now has over a million members, but non-affiliated voters in Oregon have also seen an increase. Yeah, I think it's the other way around. Um, non-affiliated voters have around a million, and... Um, but for people who are, you know, voting, they want to make sure they vote by tomorrow at 8 vote, both with their paper ballot and online for these statewide races. I did want to say the website to do that. So if you go to endparty.com slash vote, that's, um, that'll link you up with your online ballot. So again, that's I-N-D-P-A-R-T-Y dot com slash vote 
And to be clear, right now you won't get a Democratic Party primary ballot or a Republican Party primary ballot in our state. we got closed primaries. So if you're not affiliated with, if you're not registered with one of those two major parties, you can still vote in the Independent Party of Oregon primary. Is that correct? Yeah. So independent and non-affiliated voters will still get a vote by mail ballot, and they should also use that. But it just won't have very many races on it, depending on where you live. A lot of people see, like, only judges or local nonpartisan races and judges. And last... Um, so if you want to be able to vote on some of these more consequential um, statewide races like Secretary of State and so on, um, as well as the presidential primary, um, presidential poll, then that's where that online independent party primary really comes in. Rob, right now the Secretary of State's race is drawing a lot of attention. Three significant candidates running as Democrats, Jamie McLeod Skinner, Mark Hass, and Shania Fagan. Also, Rich Vile, who's running as he'd like to run as an independent candidate. He'd like to run with your endorsement. He's, he is running in the primary right now. Former Republican candidate for excuse me, former Republican member of the state legislature. Uh, and then with Kim Thatcher running as the Republican. Here is my question. If one of those candidates loses their primary. Okay, now, Rich Vile gets it. Then there are going to be three candidates who try to have some juice in the uh, general election. But if one of the Democratic candidates wins the independent party primary but loses the Democratic Party's primary, do they still show up on the ballot? No, that's that's the sore loser law uh, in Oregon, and many states have this. If you uh, are, a major, are a member of a party and you run or participate in their nomination process and you do not win your party's nomination, you are not eligible to be on the ballot in the general election. So, and it's, there's a good reason for that. Uh, say that one of the three Democrats didn't win their ballot, and then in June or July they go to the Pacific Green Party and they say, I really want to be on there, would you nominate me? And they say, yes. Well, that's not fair and it's probably not right. So if someone were to, if one of the three Democrats were to win our nomination and they lost their major, their primary, the Democratic primary, we would remove them from the data set, remove them from election, and we could rerun the election results and get a new winner. And that's what I anticipate us doing if that were to occur. Well, I want to say thanks to both of you. Rob, you want to plug again how people can participate in an independent party election? Yeah, thanks, Jefferson. Uh, go to indparty.com, and you'll find a link on that home page that will take you right to the voter page, and you can go in there. Have ready with you. If you still have your ballot, mail-in ballot, you can use that. We have to take a photo, or you can use a photo ID or some other ID, and it'll explain how that works. And uh, you can upload that, you can vote, and that'll verify it. We can track it. We can make sure it's a secure, valid vote, and you get to participate. Well, I want to thank both of you, and I suspect we'll be talking after the election to see how this all went. Right, thanks, Fantastic. All right, Can't wait to see the results. All right. Thanks to both you, Sarah Wolk. And Rob Harris, Sarah Wolk with Star Voting and the Equal Vote Coalition Executive Director Rob Harris, co-chair of the Independent Party. They'll be back on Thursday to talk with us about election results. You're listening to X-Ray.